The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Pain and Gain. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? So I'm Michelob Ultra. Also with us is Mugga. What up, Mugs? Yo. Uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, truly Pineapple. TJ is making his return on the podcast. What up, TJ? Hey, guys. What are you drinking? I'm drinking some water. And rounding out the panel today is Rich. What up, Rich? Hola. <laughs> For all my Miami listeners. Nice. Just a, no, just a Red Bull? No alcohol? No alcohol. Uh, not until Monday. Is this your first podcast not being a Christmas movie? No, he did no. Demolition Man yeah. and Savages. That's right. Damn, wow. that's cold. That's that very iconic on the Welcome Christmas back, episodes. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> What's on Monday that you start drinking on Monday? Uh, 21 Day Street. Oh, got it. Yeah. Oh. My girl does a Daniel fast, so mm. I decided to be vegetarian for the month. That sucks. That's stupid idea. <laughs> Sounds so painful. I can I can hear like the pain in your voice. Yeah. Damn. So Red Bull it is, baby. All right. Uh, so uh, today we are talking about uh, Pain and Gain, released April 26, 2013. It stars Mark Wahlberg, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Anthony Mackie, Tony Shalhoub, and Ed Harris. It's directed by Michael Bay, and it is distributed by Paramount Pictures. Let's talk about our experience with Pain and Gain. Uh, Jason, what is your experience? Uh, I don't remember the first time I watched it. Um, I know it wasn't in theaters, but I think I caught like part of it on one of the subscription services. I forget what it is. And I remember enjoying it. I didn't finish it the whole way through the first time I watched it. And then I, it was kind of funny. I rewatched it like a couple weeks ago and I got all the way to the end where Mark Wahlberg is like driving off in the boat or whatever. And uh, so when I went to go rewatch it again this week for the podcast, I was like, oh shit, I just watched this movie not that long ago. So um it was just kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, it was free. I think it was on Hulu or one of the services. So, um, yeah, I watched it. Elizabeth was with me, but she only watched like a little bit of it and she was really confused cause she came in halfway through and I could tell yeah, that she was really confused. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, this is too much to explain. So I didn't. And, uh, she didn't, she ended up liking the, the second half at all. She didn't like it at all. So yeah, that's my experience. Rich, what is your experience? Pretty sure I saw this when I was uh, working in oil. I'm pretty sure I stole it from somebody and just watched it on the rig. It wasn't something that I was really looking forward to. It was, you know, you know, what's pain and gain? And then pretty it's much you're not a doer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, but you know, it was it was a decent movie. It was. I mean, it's Michael Bay. You know, take it or leave it. He, his name is going to be brought up a lot, especially in a trash and treasure, right? I mean, there's Bayisms all over the place. 100%. <laughs> all right. Just yeah. making sure we're all in the greens. Uh, my experience with the movie, uh, never seen Pain Again. Uh, it was my first time watching it. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, like an idiot, I decided to wait until the last minute to watch it. So I uh, uh, saw it last night. And it was like twelve. It was like twelve thirty last night, and like me and my girl tried to watch it, and I got like twenty minutes in, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. There's so much happening. I'm tired as fuck. And so like uh, I went to sleep. Woke up this morning at like six a.m. And then so I rented it the night before. So I had it on Amazon. I rented it uh, earlier this month because I knew I was gonna have to watch it. So I rented it. 
And so we're watching it in the living room, and we're tired, and we go to sleep. And so we decide to watch it in, uh, in the bedroom, and we turn on the TV, but we can't get it like fucking Amazon Prime to work. So I had to rent it a second time oh, on my no. Apple, on my Apple TV. So I currently have two concurrent fucking rentals <laughs> to Pain and Gain that are going on right now. Like literally, like they will expire at the same time. Oh. And uh, so I had to rent it a second time on Apple. But uh, yeah, I watched it this morning at like 6 a.m. And then, uh, yeah, that is my experience with painting game. Uh, so, uh, TJ, what is your experience? Uh, I had never seen this movie either. I had actually never even heard of this movie. Uh, so when I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's The Rock and Mark Wahlberg, pretty sure what's gonna happen because all their movies are the same. But um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, like Kerwin, I waited till the last, last minute. You watched it at 6 a.m. I watched it at nine this morning. Uh, so this was the first time that I saw it. <laughs> hey, hey, we come prepared, okay? We were supposed we, to start at 12.30 today. I know, that's why when you guys pushed it back, I was very silent. I was like, this actually works out perfectly. Um, but yeah, so I watched it for the first time this morning. Uh, sorry. Uh, it was great being able to watch it with no interruptions. Um, yeah, that was my experience. All right, and uh, finally, Mugga, tell us your experience. I, I want to piggyback on what TJ said. I saw the trailer, the cast, and I did not have any any desire to watch it, so I never saw it in the theaters. I think somehow I watched it at my previous house probably over a year ago, and I don't think I finished it because it didn't really draw me. And I think, Jason, you saw it on Hulu, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what recently, which is, I think, didn't I spark the interest of us reviewing this movie? Because I was watching it with Lindy, and I was laughing my ass off because it was on Hulu. And so for this podcast, I then rented it again on Amazon. I paid four bucks, but we watched it in our movie theater room. As more and more I watch it, it gets more entertaining. So I don't know if it gets better with age, but uh, but yeah, I've watched it a couple times. Did not see it in theaters though, but uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I've watched it recently. But uh, did watch it, and I think that's what sparked my interest because my wife actually really loves this movie. So she actually helped me do some research on this. But but yeah, that's my experience. So before we get into behind the scenes, uh, Mugga hit us with the financials. All right, so this movie um, was not a big blockbuster movie like a Michael Bay film should be, which you'll kind of see in the research when I get over this. Um, domestically, it did almost 50 million, a little under about 49 million, 875,000. Uh, internationally, it brought in some money, uh, 37 million. So worldwide, you've got around 87 uh, million dollars. Um, opening weekend was around 20 million. Um, I want to go over the budget because I'm going to kind of already get into the research of this. Uh, this movie, it was success. It was originally given a $35 million budget at the beginning, um, but because of Bay, Wahlberg, and Johnson not taking salaries, it dropped it. Now, I've seen anywhere from an article to a Michael Bay interview from 22 million to around 26. So it was actually a rather cheap movie. Um, and one of the cheapest movies Bay has directed since Bad Boys, which ironically is his next R-rated film since Bad Boys. Okay, so all that being said, um, the reason why they did not take salaries and it dropped that, Bay, Johnson, and Wahlberg ended up taking back-end deals for the film's profits. I could not, I didn't look too much into it because I got so attached to the story, but uh, I couldn't find out how much they made, but that's kind of the financials. So around 22 to 26 million, and it did very, very well. Um, You're gonna laugh at this. Um, The opening weekend, it came in at number one. I just did the top 10. Um, Jurassic Park, the original, had a re-release in 2013, and it was up on the charts at number 10. Um, You had Olympus Has Fallen at number eight. Scary Movie 5, number seven. uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. 
The only other movie that was debuting that weekend was called The Big Wedding. Has anyone ever heard of that? The Big Wedding? Yeah, that's what it's called. I, it didn't do well. It was number four. Trash. Um, Lionsgate did that movie. Um, number three was 42, right? The Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson one. And this came in at number one, which really hurt because what was number two? Our very own Tom Cruise, Oblivion. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, dude, because everyone knows I love Oblivion. That was in theaters at number two. So yeah, Oblivion came in at number two, but uh, you can see this came in at number one on the weekend. Financially, it was a success, bringing in almost 90 million with only costing around 22 to $26 million, depending on how much money the main stars got, as well as the director. I don't know what they got, but it, it was a financial success. But yeah, those are the financials. Well, you're also forgetting about the 17 million for video. I don't. I, I never do the video, yeah, if you do that, yeah. Hey, that's extra money for Wahlberg and Johnson yeah. right there, baby. All right. Is that so? That was a link to their deal, right? Because I was like, I did not do a lot of research as far as Uh, that because I was doing other stuff, but I don't know what their deal was. So they must have made a lot of money. Any kind of sales on that end. Like Will Smith did the same thing for a lot of his movies. That's why they just bet on themselves, what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, those are financials. All right, cool. Uh, Jason, tell us what the people thought. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, 50% of the critics liked it, giving it an average rating of 5.4 out of 10. The audience, 47% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher with an average rating of 3.1. So pretty similar on this one. A couple funny reviews. Uh, One is from this guy named Jason Bailey from Flavorwire. Uh, He gave it a rotten rating saying, quote, maybe he's trying to do a Goodfellas style dark comedy. The copious voiceovers would certainly suggest it. But put as charitably as possible, Bay is no Scorsese, which I would agree. But he tries. Um, um, Wesley Morris from Grantland, he also gave it a rotten rating. He says, pain and gain weighs about 700 pounds when it ought to weigh two pounds. I just thought that was funny. And then the last one, uh, Richard Propes from TheIndependentCritic.com. He says, adds up to more pain than gain. I don't know. So a lot of people didn't like it. I mean, it was split. It was half and half. But Do you guys agree this being a very dark comedy, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. That's what this is, right? Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's daytime most of the movie. Okay. All right. Boom. <laughs> uh, IMDb uh, has it at 6.4 out of 10 with uh, over 211,000 reviews. Uh, the demographics, uh, they're pretty similar. Males, on average, gave it a 6.4. Females, 6.0, which kind of makes sense. The average, sorry, the highest rated was actually females under 18, but there's only five ratings. They gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Um, but yeah, they're all pretty similar on here. The most common uh, rating on IMDb was a 7 out of 10, with 28% of the audience giving 7 out of 10. So I think that's pretty fair. But yeah, that's the ratings. So, uh, Mugga, take us behind the scenes. All right. There's not a lot of research for the movie itself as opposed to the story, which I will get into. But to start this off, you need a script. And these guys, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, they are credited screenwriters. And you just point at me because I'm going to bring that up in a second. I know no one can see us. I'm sorry. Kerwin just pointed at me. Um, <laughs> they're the credited screenwriters of this film. These guys both met at a graduate creative writing program of UC Davis in 94, and they were both aspiring novelists. Um, In 2011, however, McFeely was quoted saying, they just couldn't see themselves making a book writing their full-time job. So they eventually end up trying to turn to screenwriting. They did the whole thing where they moved to LA, um, 
did the whole grind. I did read that they were actually production receptionists and eventually acquired an agent. So they're kind of grinding it out while they're writing. Um, with that happening, they eventually became professional writers of screenwriters, sorry, in 1998 and did small scripts about LA murders that actually never got produced, but they did make money on it. Um, but the interest of them was very much growing and HBO finally purchased a script called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers in 2004, which they ended up winning an award for, I believe it was an Emmy, and this led to the movies they would eventually be credited on. Do you guys have any idea whose movies these are guys are credited on? Off the top of my head, I don't. Okay, so... Yeah, I know. Kerwin does, yes. Yeah, so get quiet. They started off in 2004 with The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, and then with, with the success of that, they ended up doing The Chronicles of Narnia, three of them, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and then The Voyage of the Dawn Trader. And because those were successful, they got into the MCU. So they're credited writers on Captain America First Avenger, uh, Thor Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy Number 1, Civil War, Captain America, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, I had no idea. So did you recognize those names when Not you were at first? Okay. Not at all. Okay. I had no idea who they were. Yeah, okay. I was like, what the fuck? So Kerwin pointed at me, and I was like, yeah, because yeah, he knows all of that, you know. But, uh, but they are credited for Pain and Gain, which we'll get back to, 2013. Um, this movie or screenplay is adapted from a 1999 series of Miami News Times articles by Pete Collins, which eventually ended up being compiling the book Pain and Gain. This is a true story, which was released at the same time of the movie. But this was a Michael Bay movie. Um, he had read it in the mid, sorry, early 2000s, this movie taking place in the 90s when the script was read, and he really wanted to do it. But uh, he was so involved with what he was doing as far as blockbuster movies, this was kind of put on hold. Um, the Transformer success really put this on hold. Um, basically, he read the script and wanted to do it, but he was so attached to other stuff that he wanted to try to make this between the second and third Transformers film. But because of the success of 1 and 2, Paramount pushed Transformers 3 to a 2011 release date, which pushed back pain and gain. So Bay eventually signed on with Paramount to do two pictures and was excited because he thought that this was a, this is a quote by him, I'm extremely excited to simplify my film career this spring with a great character piece. Because he's kind of labeled as doing what he's always done, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, this is a video that I watched. Um, he thought that this movie was going to be a challenge for him because he's always labeled as doing big motion pictures that have much higher budgets than this movie. And since he is so successful, meaning studios need him to produce blockbuster movies, they kept delaying this movie. Um, the producer of this film thought that it, he would hold it for him, but he thought that it would never actually happen because Bay would never be available. Um, finally, I think Bay had to step in and say, no, I'm doing this movie. And I think I cannot actually like quote this or I didn't read anywhere but because of that I'll explain more when we get into filming but I don't think he was given a lot of time they were like okay you can do your passion project but you really have to do it in a short amount of time and he really shot this fast so but that's kind of how you got Bay on um, so now that you've got this director you need to have actors um, I couldn't really find anywhere who was considered for roles except for uh, Victor Kershaw's character there's a guy named Albert Brooks do you guys know who he is? He's in like drive. I, I, I didn't even know him, um, but he was in consideration. Other than that, I think these guys were all just like, that's who we want. That's who they got, um, which leads up to a segment that I would like to dedicate to Jason called the physiques. All right. Because <laughs> yes. this is a big deal. This is a big deal. You know, so this is I mean, I'm pretty impressed at what these guys did. So Anthony Mackie, he's we're going to start with him. He's Adrian. 
He found out three weeks before that he was going to be in this movie. So he literally bulked up 17 pounds in three weeks of all muscle Damn. to 213 pounds. Yeah. Jeez. So The Rock or Dwayne Johnson plays Paul Doyle. He bulked up to nearly 300 pounds for this role. Uh, wanted to showcase what it would like for someone to be coming out of prison, but I also heard he was also getting ready for WrestleMania. <laughs> That's why he was so big. But he looks like he's probably huge. the biggest I've he, ever he, seen him in a it's role. It's my treasure. He's fucking yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, you got to give credit to Mark Wahlberg. So he weighed, before signing on to this movie, 165 pounds. Wow. Yeah, he bulked up 212 pounds in seven weeks. And Rich, I know you did some research. Let me know if I'm wrong. By doing this, he ate 12 meals a day. And then he also had to work out during the filming of this. He kept up his 12 mils during filming. But do you guys notice anything also different about him? Isn't he very tan in this movie? Oh, yeah. Miami. Yeah. Bay asked him if he would tan Talk about as it. much as possible. <laughs> as much as possible. So during Weekly. shooting, he had to get a full body fake tan every week. <laughs> just to have the physique that he had. Um, according to Wahlberg, his sons loved his bulked up physique. Uh, daughters hated it. So I don't know, whatever that means, that's what he's credited to saying. Um, those are the main actors. They're bodybuilders. I wanted to talk about that. You got to give them credit. I mean, these guys took it seriously. Um, Victor Kershaw is Tony, how do you say it? Shaloub? Tony Shaloub. Shaloub, yeah. Um, I like his character. We'll get into who Victor Kershaw is because that's really not his name. Um, Ed Harris played uh, the, the private investigator. Ed, is it Dubois? Dubois. Dubois, Dubois. yeah, okay. Um, I like uh, John Messi's character, Rob. How do you say his name? Cordery, I think his name is. But he's in like What Happens in Vegas. He's like a comedian. He's the guy that oh, does yeah. the notary, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl that is in there is Bar Polly. I have not seen her at all in anything else. She's in a couple of the things. She's hot as shit, though. I mean, she is hot as shit. She's a treasure of mine. Um, we all know who Rebel Wilson is, though, right? So she plays Robin Peck. I couldn't find much about her other than that she's a nunchuck fanatic. So the scene in the sex, oh, she she's doing the nunchucks. She's actually doing it. Those are her personal nunchucks. I had to bring that up, dude. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, uh, what's the, the the Asian guy's name? King Jung? King Jung. Yeah. He plays a guy named Johnny Wu, who's supposed to be the character of Johnny Wu. Or sorry, uh, Tommy Wu in the late 1980s, early 90s. I guess he was the king of infomercials. I kind of remember it, but I kind of don't. Um, but anyways, that's kind of what you got other than a guy called Michael Rispoli. He plays Frank Griga, the guy that ends up dying, the porn star. I thought it was a little kind of cool because him and Mark Wahlberg starred in a movie already together. Nothing like this. It was a Disney movie called Invincible because he was actually the bar owner while Mark Wahlberg was trying to make the Eagles. But uh, I just remember him from Rounders. That's what Rounders, he's, the, he's like one of the villains Gra- kind of. Yeah. Grandma. Yeah, yeah Grandma. Um, but anyways, yeah, you got this cast. It's a, it's an A-list cast in a sense. Um, I did find some stuff on shooting. This is really all I could find, though. I had to watch like a YouTube video. Again, like I said in my experience, I only rented the movie, so I didn't get like the director's cut that I could like li- listen to. But anyways, um, what I was able to find is that Bay's shooting for this movie was very, very intense. Um, again, I can't confirm this, but I think it's because it was a low-budget film and a passing project. I don't think he had a lot of time to shoot this film. So the actor said the shoots were fast and intense. Um, example was the first day, that opening sequence where he's doing the sit-ups, mm. the cops come. They shot that whole thing on the first day, which was 87 shots, and they literally did it under 12 hours. But they said it was just fast-paced, go, go, go. Like, you had to be ready. Um, they used Canon cameras along with GoPros. Um, some shots had 17 total cameras combined during a shot, which was crazy. 
Um, you did see some slow motion stuff. I think we talked about this in a previous podcast of uh, what's that movie um, with the zombie zombie land. Yeah. Remember how they shut it down to thousand frames per second for the slow motion, but oh, very yeah. clear. So when you see the tasering and then when the ninja outfits kidnapping and other stuff, that's what they did to do that. Probably um, when he's getting hit by the car too. In the yeah, that's exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, Mark Wahlberg did say this, that he said Bay is probably the most smartest director he has ever worked with because of his knowledge of everything about shooting, the lens, which camera to use, angles, et cetera, which I thought was kind of interesting. That's what Mark Wahlberg said. But uh, but other than that, something kind of going along with Bay, the house of the porn king, Frank Riga, mm-hmm. that's actual Michael Bay's house oh, in yeah. Miami. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Where he has like the steps through the, the water and yeah. stuff. Yeah, Hulk Hogan also asked to live there, and I think you can see it on some of the shows of Hogan Knows Best. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's but funny, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, guys. That's all I could find about the actual movie itself because there is so much about the actual story, which I want to get into. Um, I want to start off by asking you guys a question and say if it's true or false because it kind of leads into it and then I'll get into the story, all right? So this, they're claiming this is a true story. So first off, there are only three guys, including not including the guy in the gym owner who notarized, were the ones that were involved in this crime. Do you think that's true or false? True. No, false. There was way more guys. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into the Rock's character or Dwayne Johnson's. It's a, it's, he wasn't even a real person. Mm-hmm. He's developed by a number of guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there was more. They call themselves the Sun Jim Gang. Like literally, like it's, you can't make this up. But uh, the guy Adrian was really impotent from steroids. Oh. oh. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay. Um, Adrian's wife divorced him <laughs> while she was on the stand. Oh, shit. So that what whole, do you think? the whole courtroom scene? Yeah, no, this is true or false. Um, I'm going to say true. True. Kind of. How did you do okay. that? She divorced him during the trial and testified against him. And I did read that she helped him clean up the bloodstains. So it wasn't like she was blindsided, but she was oh. divorcing him during that whole trial. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she got up and saying, I'm divorcing you. Maybe she implied right. it, like I'm in the process yeah. of divorcing him. But yeah. All right, let's get into Lugo. Do you guys, well... True or false? Lugo was as dumb as the movie portrays him. Yes. True. Yeah. True. I'll let you make the judge of this. From the private investigator, he's saying no. According to him, he claimed that he was a smart-ass criminal. But I did read an article that they did stupid things like the uh, the chainsaw. They didn't get hair caught in it, but they blew out the engine because they never put oil in it. So no. shit like that. Um, the horse tranquilizer, that is all true. <laughs> like that stuff. They oh. gave that girl way too much torture. This is why she died. Yeah. Um, other stuff. But uh, do you think, true or false, they dressed up as ninjas to kidnap Kershaw? True. True. I can see that being true. That's false. However, fuck? during one of their kidnapping attempts, they dressed in all black, painted their faces with military makeup, and wore gloves. <laughs> Like, this is there, true. Yeah. Weren't there like 14 failed attempts or seven, 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 seven. failed attempts yeah. at kidnapping? Yeah. All right. This one really gets me. Um, the girl, true or false, Serena really snuck into the U.S. in the trunk of a car. True. Did false. It is true. Oh, she actually damn. snuck into the U.S. Um, yeah. Getting back to her, though, do you think Serena really believed Lugo recruited her to be in the CIA? I'll say yes. true. True. <laughs> that is true. One prosecutor stated this. You see, God bless Serena with a beautiful face and a beautiful body, but not with any book smarts or common sense is what his description ever was. Nailed it. Poor girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, true or false? Victor Kershaw was really an asshole as depicted in the movie. False. True. What do you think, T? True. 
I'll let you make the decision. From more and more I read, it actually is false. Like, that's why he's upset at this, um, all this thing. They're basically saying he was made to look like an asshole so you could have sympathy for the main characters. Got it. Which I'm kind of like, I don't know, you know. It, it, it does create a lot of controversy, too, about this whole thing of having sympathy for the characters from the victims, which I'll get into, you know. Um, this one's fun. Um, Paul Doyle's toe was really shot off and found by a dog at the residence of the murder victim's house. True. That's not what happened in the movies, right? Yeah, he got his toe shot off, and then it was he it's fed it to the dog. dog. The dog had oh. the toe, and the maid found it. I'll say true. I'm going to say false. True. That's false. Um, the maid just went into the residency and found that the whole place was trashed from the gang, and that's why she called the cops. Mm. But, and Rich, did you? I can't find if his toe was actually shot off in something else. I just know that that scenario that they had was not true. I don't think it's true at all. There's no way, right? Like... Yeah, I couldn't find anything. I, I couldn't on, find it, you know. So there's a lot of stuff in the movie that's actually true. Just yeah. embellished, like yeah. embellished. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into one of them. Did Paul Doyle really barbecue the hands of the murdered victims? Ugh. I hope not. False. True. Both. Both. Okay, so technically Paul Doyle is not a real person, which we'll get into, but Lugo actually did this. He not only got the hands and he also got the feet and some fragments from skulls and just kind of incinerated them all. Just to hide out. It wasn't like a barbecuer, but it was like a pit that he did, right? It was a 55 gallon drum. Yeah. With an iron gate on top. So he literally did this to you. Isn't that just disgusting? Why don't you just take a torch? (laughs) Not at the house, right? But the thing was, they were putting the bodies in lye, right? I think so. Don't you think that melt that shit too? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, that was the one thing I was like, there's no way that's true. Even though the movie at that moment says this is still a true story, right? But it's like that. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, Victor Kershaw was held in a warehouse filled with dildos. True or false? True. False. I'll say true. That's false. Yeah. Uh, it was a warehouse, but there was no dildos. They just added that. Um, and then this is my favorite one. True or false? Implants were used to convict these guys for murder. True, true. That's true. They yeah. literally found the serial numbers and they identified the body and that's how they were able to convict these guys. First time ever. Yeah, first time, yeah. Because they were missing the hands So the head. those are a couple things. Let's get into the story. This is like the truth behind the movie. Um, it was definitely adapted from what really happened. You can go down a rabbit hole. Um, I want to start that. I read an article called Pain and Gain, the two story from the website guardian.com. Um, I want to bring up that at the end of the movie, they tell you what happens to the victims um, as well as the people, and they change their names to protect them, right? The actual victims, which is funny. I don't know why they did that because all you got to do is go online and you can find out exactly who everyone is. You literally yeah. Google it. And uh, the main victim of Victor Kershaw, his name is Mark Schiller, and he actually did interviews about the movie. So I don't know why they're trying to hide his identity because he literally did like movies, interviews. Um, one quote I got was, since they decided not to talk to me, they got the personalities of all the main characters wrong. Um, he described Lugo as being the leader of this Sun Jim gang, but a difficult person to like. Um, said while we were at the warehouse, he would go into mood swings. One a minute he was a nice guy, and the other he was a raving lunatic. Which I thought, yeah, maybe. Um, Adrian was Lugo's sidekick, and he described Adrian as being Robin to Lugo, who was Batman. And these were actually code names that the two assumed during Schiller's captivity. They were calling themselves that. <laughs> Jason just kind of rolled his eyes, yeah. Uh, Again, this is according to Schiller. Um, But uh, it's also based on these two guys called Mario Sanchez and Carl Weeks. 
um, which Carl Weeks is one of the the black guys in the gang that's supposed to be Dwayne Johnson. However, he looks nothing like him. He's like a 140-pound skinny man. He did go to the gym. But uh, at the end of the movie, I think you see the mugshot of a guy. That is, from what I read, an actor. Like, that's not a guy at all. Yeah. Because when you get to Dwayne's Watch character, it just didn't exist yet. It was basically based on three guys. Yeah. What about, what about the other mugshots at the end? Are those real? Those ones are real, I think. I don't know if Schiller's is, though. I don't know if Schiller's is. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, George Delgado was affiliated with Schiller's. I think he was like a business partner. Um, that was his warehouse. And George Delgado eventually confesses on the stand of helping him get a 15-year conviction and not life or, or whatever they got, you know, and all that stuff. So you can kind of see where all of these guys are wrapped up into The Rock's character, you know. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. Um, getting back into Schiller, this is where it gets really interesting. Um, he ended up calling the warehouse Hotel Hell, and he explained that they tasered me, they punched me, they pissed with me, and burned me with a lighter. They played Russian roulette against my temple and performed mock executions. I was blindfolded throughout. In fact, they kept adding duct tape. So in the end, I must have had two rolls of duct tape around my face. That is frightening, right? Like, just frightening. Um, I guess from week two on, he had a bag over his head and balls of wax in his ears. It was only taken off twice, once to put sanitary towel under the tape because my face was bleeding so bad, and in the end, when they changed to bubble wrap and tape in preparation for my murder which is like frightening. Like this guy's like witnessing all this. Um, they did not have any intention of killing him, however, until he signed off all of his assets. Um, and he thought the only way he could like get out, get some leverage is if he forced them to have his kids and his wife leave the country. And I said, kids, I think he just had one kid, right? It was just one kid. He had thought, two. He had two. Okay. So he wanted his wife and kids out of the country. And he said they could have everything as long as they let them leave the country. Um, he thought that if they would let them go, they would have no leverage on him. And, and what would happen to him would be fine. But they threatened to bring his wife and kids in to torture and rape them until he signs. So that's why he said, get them out and you guys can have everything. You can kind of see he's kind of outsmarting him, but I, I, I don't know. Um, also in this article, Schiller explains that they made the character of Victor Kershaw as a prick who deserved to have bad things happen to him, as Lugo explains in the movie. Um, again, I read in multiple articles that in order to get sympathy for the main characters, uh, this, uh, why they wrote his character the way it was, but it eventually caused a lot of controversy, especially from the family members of the two victims that were murdered in the second job. That is literally a true story. Those two that died, the, the porn king and his girlfriend, um, he explains that this is 180 degrees from what he really is and has ever been. He does get upset that Michael Bay keeps stressing the truth of this movie and it says it makes him gets it makes him uncomfortable. So I don't know. I mean, do you think that's like kind of like a shitty thing to do? I mean, they kind of Hollywooded the movie, right? I mean Yeah, I mean I think anytime there's like a movie about you, if it's not like a documentary, like they're gonna take some I mean, artistic liberties. At one point, are you kind of rooting for the characters at the very beginning? You're kind of oh, like, this guy's an asshole, and that's what was meant for this movie. When he's saying that's not how this was, you know. But well, how do you like root for them if he's like a sweet dude? Like if he's a nice yeah, guy, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to Schiller being chained in the world. I mean, these are things I think we have to talk about. Uh, being chained and tortured. This went on for four weeks. Can you imagine? That's so long. It wasn't because he refused to sign. I think these guys just didn't know how long the process would be of transferring the money. Right. And that's why it took as long as it did. Uh, finally, he was told to validate one final piece of unseen paper with his signature. This transferred more than $1.26 of his money into offshore accounts set up by his captors. 
Um, he made a point though, and you kind of see in the movie to sign these papers vertical, and so he could raise questions. And he still does not understand how people took these documents seriously in the condition that they were in. Right. Because he thought if I signed this horribly, someone's like, "This is not right." Right. And he's, he done and people were just like, "That's oh, fine to me," you know. Um, getting back to his life insurance policies, which he signed over, they ended, you guys watched this in the movie, they drugged him with sleeping pills and force fed him alcohol to knock him unconscious after he signed all of his assets to simulate the car accident. So this whole thing that you saw is almost what happened. Uh, Lugo gunned the accelerator pedal towards a concrete post before jumping out at the last minute. Um, it's hard to believe, but again, this is what I read on a, the previous article that I stated above. Schriller survived the impact while comatose, he was doused with petrol and fire was set in the car. The vehicle also contained a portable propane tank placed there to finish the job. Miraculously, Schiller gained consciousness before the car exploded, escaped, only to be run over by waiting Lugo and Adrian. So you can see how the Rocks character is not even in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, determined to leave no loose ends, they reversed the car back over his seemingly lifeless body. The attention of the stage crash was so that the corpse couldn't be discovered quickly, or it could be discovered quickly, and the game the gang could claim his two million dollar life insurance policy. Isn't that nuts? Like this guy has more lives than a yeah, fucking cat. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and uh, so with that, um, they did not count on Schiller surviving the horrific ordeal. Strangely, that worked in their gang's favor because the outlandish, the outlandish nature of the kidnap and torture plot and the astonishing ineptitude of which its final act was carried out. So basically, the cops just did not take this seriously because it was just so crazy to believe, which kind of sucks for this guy. You know what I mean? Can you like, imagine, though, like crashing a car, blowing it up, running this guy over twice, and then I read somewhere that they had called all of the like morgues to see if anyone had like or like checked like any dead bodies and that's how they realized that he was in a hospital. <laughs> no, <I laughs> and so then they started they started calling all the hospitals to find out where this guy was. Like imagine like the the how terrifying it is when you do all this and this guy is still, still alive, alive and yeah. you're like, what the fuck? Um, so obviously the cops didn't take his story serious, but the private investigator Ed Harris's character did. And with his connections to the police, they were able to get the case going and further end up catching them. Um, unfortunately, Frank Giga and his girlfriend ended up dying. Um, I did read that it was Adrian who killed both of them and not Lugo. Because you have Lugo killing the one guy with his weights, you know? I didn't. I think it was Adrian that killed both of them. I but, know the, um, the second murder was an accident because they just gave this girl too much tranquilizer. Was the first one like an accident? Like, is it so a movie? I, from, it wasn't, from what I read, it wasn't... Um, Lugo in that room. It was Adrian at his house. Um, I think it's kind of unknown. I think it was just him and that guy. I don't. I don't. I really. I, I can't answer that question to be honest. But I think Adrian was the guy that killed both of them. Because yeah. I think that's also like, again, showing like their, like how stupid these guys are. But yeah. then also you don't feel as bad because it's an accident. Yeah. Like yeah, they killed someone, but it was a, it was an accident. So that's that's like the movie. That's the story. Of what's kind of true and what's false. I do want to end on one thing. Schiller's quote that I found from this article, um, this is what he said. The only thing that is really rings true for me is the title. My pain really did result in a lot of people's gain, especially Hollywood's. I was like, dude, like he's just like pissed about this movie. But uh, but yeah, that, that's the movie. I mean, they shot it fast and I don't know. What do you guys think? It's a crazy story, huh? Like, it's it, nuts. if you were to write this, I would never believe it. I mean, and I get they they embellish the truth, 
But like, it's still a crazy story. The Rock, I guess at the time this was all going on, was living in Miami area. And so he kind of heard about the story, which I think is why he wanted to do the movie. But other than that, I never heard about it until the movie. No. Did you guys? Yeah. But of course it happened in Florida. Yeah. So there's a lot of truth to it. Right? It's a lot of truth, but I could, I could see why... You know, they built it up that way and then Yeah. And why they would like combine I'm sure they combine stories and obviously they combine people to yeah. streamline it, but Do you like the fact that they created like a monster in the victim? I mean that's kinda of fucked up. I mean if I'm that guy I'm pissed, you know, like the guy went through hell and back and now you're making him look like an asshole on camera to sympathize with his basically yeah. attempted murder. I don't know. Yeah, one thing I didn't really understand is the Rock's character in general. Right. And what they did with it. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. So basically, The Rock's character uh, with Paul Doyle is essentially three different people put together. Yeah. Right. And I, I, me personally, I just, I couldn't really vibe with that. That was just, you know, what's the point? Right. You know what I mean? I just, I didn't understand it. I think just to streamline it, but I think it also makes it, like the real story is obviously not as funny as Mm. the movie. And so if you're starting off to make a dark comedy you have to change it up you have yeah you have to find comedy somewhere in like some of these horrific you know things that people are doing to other people um yeah the, the more that we talk about the fact that they were intentionally making this a comedy when yeah. all of these things actually happened or most of them actually mm-hmm. happened it's actually pretty fucked up it kind of starts taking my rating down for the movie because it's like it's fucked up dude like this whole thing is fucked up you know? what like, i think is like crazy though is because of course, at the beginning they say it's like true a true story, but in my mind I'm like, okay, that's just the character saying right. that. Like it's, you know, like normally, like sometimes when you see like a, I, maybe I missed it because I watched it first thing this morning, but you know, sometimes they'll say like the, these, this is based on true events or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't remember that. I just remember them saying a lot, like this is still a true story or whatever. But then when they showed like the real mug shots at the end, I was like, oh shit, this is real. So yeah. that's when I started looking up stuff. Did you ever find anything about the? His diet, Mark Wahlberg's diet. I got the Rock's diet. You got the Rock's. I was looking up stuff about um, Mark Wahlberg's. I can't find exactly what he was eating. A lot of the stuff you would assume, like a lot of protein. Um, they would mix a lot of his food with like, they used to make, it's not called muscle milk. It's called something else. But it, it comes was, in It comes in like a gallon and a half tub. I did read something about Mark Wahlberg's um, supplement company and this helped like Start it. Is it? Are you reading that right uh, now? A little bit yeah, of that. That's the one thing I did read kind of about Mass gainers. It. Mass gainers. So they would mix that with some of his food. So it's yeah. like a lot of protein, but a lot of carbs too. Um, but they were saying, he was saying that he would eat like a dozen eggs a day. Jesus. Um, he I've would, done it. it. It's terrible. Uh, it's I can't imagine. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, my farts smell like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. What if they not ever smell like you have a way to not make them smell like shit? You have too much protein in your body. You ever heard of the protein fart? Yeah. Trust me. It's not, it's not pleasant. But they would say, he was saying that he had to wake up at like midnight to eat. So he'd eat Uh, it like at nine. He would have to wake up at midnight to eat again. Sometimes he had to wake up at two or four to eat again. just keep eating. Yeah. And just keep eating, just lifting heavy, not a lot of cardio. Um, but he put on a lot of weight, but then had to shred down a little bit to get ready for the role. So it's not only gaining all right. this mass. Yeah, you got to get rid of the fat to show it the, off. Yeah, so yeah. it's like he did a lot for that short amount of time he was prepping for. It. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, that's impressive. You figure 40 pounds in seven weeks, that's, I mean. That's huge. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, but that's like you're gaining it so fast. It's not all muscle. So it's like you're gaining some muscle, but then you got to like the last two weeks you got to shred yeah, down. Control it, it, yeah, Yeah. I'm wondering if he got above 212. Oh, I'm sure. So he had to get about just to cut down. Just so yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So are we talking about the Rock's diet? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the Rock for breakfast had ten ounce beef fillet, two cups of oatmeal, and a two egg omelet. Pretty healthy. For brunch, he had eight ounces of cod, twelve ounces of sweet potatoes, and a cup of steamed veggies. He had his half lunch, <laughs> which is eight ounces of chicken, two cups of white rice, and a cup of veggies. For lunch, he had eight more ounces of cod, two cups of rice, one cup of veggies. For lunar or dunch, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Eight ounces of steak, 12 ounces of baked potato fries, and a salad. For dinner, he had 10 more ounces of cod, two more cups of rice, and another salad. And then for his late night snack, he had 30 grams of casein protein, 10 egg white omelet, one cup of veggies, and a tablespoon of omega-3s to wash it down. 10 egg white omelet. 10 egg white omelet. I just don't know how people, like, obviously these are big dudes and they're working out really hard. I'm sure that makes them a lot hungrier, but like, every day... So I've at some point aren't you just like I can't take another bite. So I've actually tried like eating, you know, seven, a eight times a day. It does help and it does work when you start early. Because your body constantly is burning stuff the entire day. The entire time it's going into you, it. You uh, piss yeah. and shit a lot, I'm not gonna lie. But the tough part is like when dinner time comes and you're just like, I'm tired of eating. And it's a lot of the same stuff. Exactly. Over and over and again. so you you notice he only has what three different kinds of meats here? Right, right. You know, chicken, cod, and the steak. Same way, yeah. yeah, and it's I'm telling you, man, it's not great. It's a, it's a little brutal. And then the casein protein. So you either take casein protein or cottage cheese at night. And basically, what that does is protects your muscles while you're asleep. Jesus, it's like slow release it's, protein. Yeah, yeah, and then you literally wake up like feeling kind of energized to actually work out and shit. It's weird, man. It's I did it for. I did it in February. I did like a red February, basically kind of eating clean, eating often. I ain't gonna lie. I had abs. I looked amazing, but I felt like shit. <laughs> you oh, know? Horrible. Yeah. It was It was an experience. I'll put it that way. I, I did that for a while too. I was lifting like a lot. I would do like five servings of like just chicken and rice. And there was like hardly any seasoning on the chicken. It was just plain white mm. rice. And it's just all these containers throughout the fridge. And you just, you just keep eating it. And it's like, I was trying really hard to just use like mustard or hot sauce, like anything that didn't have extra calories in it right. or sugars. And it's like, yeah, by that fourth or fifth meal, you start to, you start to lose your mind a little bit. And I was trying to drink yeah. a gallon of water a day and yeah. it's just like, so you're right. You're like yeah, pissing and shit. Yeah. It's tough, man. But I mean, he had three types of meat. You see some of these bodybuilders, they, they do the oatmeal, the eggs, and they have like one type of meat. I mean, it's like yeah. fish or chicken. They'll do it for a week and then they switch it up. I can't imagine just months years of doing this and you look at the rock he's got it and this is something he's consistently doing it's crazy his cheat meal is what like a a full stack of pancakes yeah like that i've seen his rock toast where it's like french toast but it's got to be like texas size toast toast, i'm like jesus i've seen posts by the rock where he does his cheat meal and it's insane what his cheat meal is is he doing that during this movie or is this I don't, think so, I don't think so. He just wanted to be in tip top shape. Don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Wait, here we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So after 150 days on that diet without cheating, The Rock broke his fast in the grandest of fashions. So according to Muscle and Strength, Johnson went on a three round eating bender that consisted of 12 pancakes, followed by four double dough pepperoni pizzas, followed by 21 brownies and a jug of milk. Jesus, how could you eat that by yourself? You know he's shitting pancakes. He is shitting chocolate chip pancakes. 100%. Just all the pancake and all the cheese. Like, I don't know, man. It'd take you a while, but when you go to shit, it's probably gnarly. 
four double dough pepperoni pizzas. What the hell is double a double dough? That is half a fucking pig. <laughs> 21 brownies. Why 21? I have a question. Because seven times so three. Often, seven bucks. <laughs> when you do this so often, at, when do you go back to like a normal diet? Do you ever? Because obviously that, that like cheat meal, like no, none of us could eat that right, right now. No. In one sitting. Yeah. None of us. We probably, all of us couldn't finish that together in one sitting. But well, like. Well, none of us are 300 pounds either. Yeah. Or that's what I'm saying. Like, whatever, it, what, like does he need that much all the time? He that just seems like a but lot. He, I mean, so you're also obviously, talking to Obviously, him. he's huge and he's ripped and he works out really hard. He probably works out, what, at least twice a day, if not three I, times. You're so talking about a guy yeah. who literally shows up to a filming and has his iron gym with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's literally in a tent and it's all of his workout equipment. Well, he says he does fasted cardio in the morning, then he eats, and then he goes and lifts. So he's at least doing that every morning and then whatever else he does throughout the day. You know so I bet you when he's not filming, he's probably in that gym getting when, a pump in real quick oh, yeah. before he's called to When he was action. like a wrestler, I, I mean, he was big when he was a wrestler. He was, but like now it is insane. This movie, he's huge. He's fucking huge, dude. It is weird though, like you're saying, did you go back like and he watch looked, him? He at, looked big. I mean, he looked like a wrestler. He looked big, you know, fake. But he but wasn't, he wasn't the way he is now. compared to now. No, I mean, no. that's what's so crazy. All right, let's get into Trash and Treasure. Uh, Jason, what is your Trash and Treasure with Pain and Gain? All right, so I'll start off my trash. Uh, my trash, the first one is, uh, I thought it was kind of weird when the priest was like hitting on the rock a little bit. Right. I don't know. I thought that, it was like, I, I wasn't I'm expecting sorry. it. I didn't put that, that never happened. Bay put that all in there and there was oh. a big thing about is Bay um, like phobia Hinting of gays and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was a big deal because that never happened at all. Yeah, I just, yeah. it caught me off guard and like, I feel like the, I don't know, it's just really like rocks like helping him out like, upkeep the church yeah. and he's like kind of staying there because he just got out of jail and it's just like all right well <laughs> I, can't, I don't know it was, just, it was just weird it caught me off guard but I, I, it was funny how he knocked him out I thought that made me laugh um, the first couple of attempts of kidnapping were pretty awful like they're in broad daylight the costumes were dumb um, in the in the movie I yeah. guess like they weren't the same but I don't know I mean there was one plot they didn't do it but where they were going to dress up as ninjas at, for Halloween and like trick or treat at his door and then Kidnap him. That's what I read. And yeah, but for some reason that just never happened, right? No, I think they got yeah. spooked or something. Yeah. But like, it's not that far off from like what they were planning. Yeah, nuts. Um, there's too much narration at some points. I don't yeah. like how it jumps around. Um, part of my treasure is I thought some of the beginning narration by Mark was good, but then it becomes way too much. I feel like um, when when Mark Wahlberg thinks he can do a good enough accent to fill that's to fool one my, Victor one of my treasures dude I loved it I laughed I'm like really this is what you're going with and, and then he's still wearing that shitty cologne too that he recognizes I'm like dude it's just, like it's so funny it's like hey I'm gonna go torture someone let me splash some cologne on me no I agree I, I just like there's three guys he didn't do this so like have one of the other guys talk to him Right. Like, I don't know, figure it out. Do like, like harmonize your voice or something, figure it out. I don't know. I thought it was dumb yeah. <laughs> when he's eating the, the cold taco Supreme from Taco Bell and he's like, Oh, this tastes better cold. There's no fucking way that tastes better cold. It doesn't taste good. Hot. So, <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey. <laughs> no taco family in this exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you kind of realize these guys are the worst criminals ever. Like pretty early pretty on early, yeah. but i think 
after Victor survived being ran over, like you're just like, okay, this solidifies it. These are the, yeah. the worst freaking criminals ever. So Mark Wahlberg drops all the weights on the porn guy's head. He, he's, he's dying. The, the wife is passed out on her way to dying. And Mark Wahlberg is like, I got to get a pump in real quick. Yeah. I was just like, really? Like, but at the same time, no excuses. Um, the grilling of the hands was dumb. And then it's like, you just start thinking about like, okay, they could take a blowtorch and ruin these guys' fingerprints. You also think about, wait, there's still teeth in the skull. Like they can do right. dental records. It's like these, again, just proven. But literally point. that happened though. Like, I, they literally burned those things. <laughs> it's, it's just dumb. Um, so that's my trash, my treasure. I know Kern was telling me earlier, he didn't like the intro. I liked the intro personally. Um, Tarantinoing it, like showing the very end yeah. at the beginning. I, I like that. I, like I said, I like the narration from Mark Wahlberg, at least in the beginning. Uh, Ken Jeong, uh, the a doer or a donter. I, I thought I liked him being in the movie. Uh, again, we were talking about this earlier. Just the rock is freaking massive in this. And I mean, Mark Wahlberg is obviously shorter than him. It just like, it makes him look ridiculously big. And I thought he did a good job in this too, even with the skateboarding in his arm. Um, uh, all the gym talk, I just thought was hilarious. Like, oh, how many grams of protein do you take? Uh, what supplements are you taking? How much do you lift? Um, the I want breast to, milk. Area. The, the, the breast, breast milk. <laughs> I want to get so big. I can, oh my God. I have to walk through doors sideways. Like all that shit I've fucking heard too much. Um, how the rock looks next to Mark in the car. Like, I just think that's hilarious. It's like, head's popping out at the top. So they actually had to remove the top panels of that for the rock to even fit in it and go and look at it because his head is literally above the roof. They had to modify that car just so he could fit in it. But I thought some Furos had that cut out. No, they, yeah, no, they, they, they had the that. Top, they like, had to remove they the had to, Otherwise, he wasn't going to fit into oh. it. Yeah. There's an Arnold movie, too, where he does that. He, like, rips out the entire seat because it's like a like a Miata-sized car. He has to rip out the whole seat. Just I think it's like Commando. Uh, when the gun shop owner starts seeing Striper, I thought that was hilarious because I listened to Striper a little bit. When they put Victor's seatbelt on before crashing the car, I was just, I was like, <laughs> is it Anthony Mackie's trying to say like, well, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to put it right. on. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Uh, Ed Harris was a treasure for sure. I liked seeing, seeing him in this, The Rock. When The Rock says, when you hit rock bottom, I thought that was pretty funny. Um <laughs> The scene where the rock steals the money from the armed guards. I just, I thought that whole, like, um, that whole part with like the paint and the money bag going off the toe. But the one thing I didn't like was like just the cops just firing aimlessly, like into all of the public. Like you like that scene. I thought that scene was funny. Uh, uh, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. Cause you just like, you see the rock, like just go downhill so much yeah. from being like this good godly person. And then it's just like, then the coke and all this stuff and he blows through all his money and then it's just like okay that's why I thought it was funny when he said when you hit rock bottom um, but yeah like when, when the cops are shooting like just aimlessly in the streets in the restaurant I didn't like that that's one, like one of those Bayisms though yeah you know what I mean like yeah. he always has something like that yeah movies. 100% uh, fake by the way <laughs> When Mark goes to the Bahamas to get the rest of the money, that was one thing I'd forgot watching it. And I was like, damn, like this fool like really had it like another yeah. plan, a backup plan to go get money. He's like determined. He's a doer for sure. Um, uh, I'm happy the way the movie ended though. Like I didn't know the story, the real story, but I like them getting caught and convicted. I feel like sometimes in the way that they portray this victim, like you almost feel bad for the kidnappers as opposed to the victim because the victim's an asshole like we were talking about. I like that. All the guys got caught, they got sentenced, 
Um, we just see too many movies where these guys like get off scot free or the movie ends before we know what happens and all that bullshit. But yeah, it's my trash and treasure. Rich, uh, what is your trash and treasure? I got a few things here. We kind of talked a little bit about this. Michael Bay using a lot of the same angles, shots, music, actors, the whole nine. Um, you can see a lot of those people were in Bad Boys 2 coming over to do this movie, which is, I mean, I get it. Um, one thing that I did really love about it was the roundabout shot when they were in Adrian's house. Treasure. 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 I love that shot. Mm-hmm. How much Word. anxiety do you got as it's going on? Because I'm like, what the fuck's happening yeah. in the other room? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when they're, and you notice there's always that one little hole in like a wall or something to where they just, you know, like, ah, there it goes. Oh, we on the other side. You know, the push ups and love you it. go for 80. Love it. That's like just like Bad Boys 2, right? Just yeah. like Bad yeah. Boys 2. Yeah, when they're in the drug house shooting yeah. up a storm, you yeah. know, he's trying to reason with a, a gangster. So, irony. Um, you guys might hate me on this. I really don't give a shit, but The Rock's acting nice. was trash. Trash. Aww. The mix of three personalities, essentially, like his character, I thought it was just terrible. Um, What was with the skateboard? Probably one of his characters. I think it's like an innocence kind of thing because he's this godly person. I mean, I don't know. The dude beat up a priest. Yeah, Yeah. he hit on him. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, this man is not doing no ollies or kickflips, like, as heavy as he is. Like, he's not riding a skateboard. No. It is just, what's with the skateboard? I really didn't get that. You guys might hate this as well. But you really don't care. Give less than two drops of monkey piss. Anthony Mackie's character was trash. I couldn't stand the way that he portrayed his character. I'm not going to lie. And you guys might hate me on this, too. I don't think he's a good actor. (laughs) Name a good movie. Any of the Marvel movies? No, that's not a Marvel movie. What? That he's in. That's not a Marvel movie. He's saying, name any movie that's not a Marvel movie. I said, name a good movie. Well, he's just saying, name anyone. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, name that's any other than a any, movie. any good one. Exactly. That's not a Marvel movie. You're stumped. Well, I mean, he was uh, Tupac. He was uh, the Trash. dude from Eight Mile. Trash. He was. Uh, I thought in Eight Mile he was good. Papa Doc. Yeah, I thought he was good in Eight Mile. No. Nah. He's a good, like, mean asshole person. He's a heel. Is, yeah. He, for sure, he's a heel, but I just don't, I'd never see him as. A guy that I'm rooting for. I'll put it that way. Her locker. Her locker was decent. Her locker was decent, but he wasn't the main character. So do you sure. give at least three drops of monkey piss now? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> two. like two shakes. <laughs> um, another thing that I really couldn't understand was what was with the whole point of uh, Serena, the stripper? Like, what was her role? Well, she's part of the movie. She's part of the story, I mean. How? I choose exactly. story. I don't know. I mean, exactly. I, I thought it was a pointless role. Could have saved the budget. Uh, I kind of agree with the families on how unnecessary this movie is. Oh, you know, yeah. to be honest with you, and this is the God's honest truth, obviously this series came out, I think, last year. I would have rather have seen this net as a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. I would have rather seen this on, you know, the high series where they're talking about stealing bourbon and mm. how they robbed the bank and stuff like that. I would rather have seen it be like a short film documentary like that rather than a Michael Bay would have saved you at least $18 million, mm. 100%. This movie was a little all over the place for me. It just felt like there was a bunch of random scenes that were put together with no direction, essentially. It, I agree with that, but my thing is, you, this movie is over two hours long. 
I, and I, I saw think that it too. feels like it's too. It goes by pretty fast, right? I mean, am I wrong? You guys, there were a couple points where I'm like, they're not done. Like this, really, it just kept getting. Because to me, I'm like, this is two like, hours, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we're already to the end. I, I thought it goes pretty fast. So I my, and, and the thing is, and this is something that Jason actually brought up too. The whole armor truck thing, hundred percent, it was fake. Yeah. Like it never happened whatsoever. That seemed to not have been in there. Yeah, and that's whole entire. Like I was like, what's the point of this? Is it just to kind of see The Rock's downfall? I mean, we already see him doing coke off a stripper's ass. That's not, Usually that's, that's definitely that's, a tragedy. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like, okay, we see where he's going. You know what I mean? He's a recovering what, addict and obviously he's What turned. Michael Bay film doesn't have a chase scene or a car chase scene? And I feel like he had to just put it in there, right? And that's what I got out of it. I don't know. I, if I'm and that's, wrong. No, and I got yeah, the same. He's like, I, I got to have some sort vibe. of like energy right now where there's some sort of chase thing going on. And, and I wonder how I long that scene actually took. It's like three minutes, three four minutes. But yeah. I'm saying, no, I'm talking about to actually film. Oh, you know I what don't I mean? even know. Yeah, in the movie, yeah. you know, did he do it all in five takes? I can't imagine he did. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in that. But if you if you think about it, there's not much acting. Oh no! You know what I'm I mean? just like it's just you know action, 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 yeah. kind of thing. But um, the whole shooting up the 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 beauty salon. <laughs> How he doesn't get caught though is like like really like during that time. That's know. another issue. And then um, I didn't get why. Quote me if I'm wrong. Who walks around Miami with just one golf club? Did you notice that? No. So the Rock literally has just one golf club before he attacks the armed guard. He's in a he's in like a, a mint colored blazer with white yeah. pants and I'm like you're the as biggest as big as he is you're exactly most, who doesn't see this you're the most conspicuous person. another thing another thing I didn't like was the armored car parked way too far away from the building that doesn't happen you know what I mean and I always thought an armored car parks and one of the guys gets out and literally guards it with a gun on in his hundred percent right? that was so not even you, there yeah so when you actually walk with the bag you're supposed to have your gun in the other hand yeah that's like armored car 101. And you literally have it drawn. You can't it's, just it's, hold it it's, in the holster. It's, it's Bayisms, man. That's what it is. Trash. It's trash. Uh, a lot of the stuff that happened with the accident where they're trying to kill uh, Kershaw, I didn't understand where that could actually happen in Miami. I mean, there's so much going on. It's I a construction site. There's it's, no, yeah. it's all under a freeway, which is another Bayism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did it feel like they were filming parts of this in L.A.? Probably. A hundred percent. And I could have sworn I saw some palm trees. Yeah. Another thing is why is Wu on every TV that's on? He's in the motel. He's in Kershaw's house. Uh, Lugo before he's robbing the porn king. Like every time the television is on, it's that same damn infomercial. Like was he that popular back then? They were popular. I don't know if he was that popular, but I remember watching a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just kind of noticed that. Wolf of Wall Street era, right? Well, this is mid nineties. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was actually a treasure to me. When Mark Wahlberg's character, when Lugo is trash talking with the kids while they were playing basketball, it reminded me of Peyton Manning's SNL skit. Oh, you guys yeah. remember that? Where yeah, he's throwing the yeah. football at the kids and stuff like it, that? It's so funny. He's it's, got a bunch of kids. He's throwing routes. He's just nailing them and just like, you got to run your fucking route. Yeah. That's how Mark Wahlberg is. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. And I just thought that was like a comedic thing where it's like, okay, Lugo's kind of a dick, you know, but it's kind of a funny dick. Um... <laughs> Another thing I didn't really get was what's with the different things leading them to be linked and getting caught. If you think about it, the cologne, right? Which, is, like, which is not real. Yeah. Right. But it yeah. like right off the back. Oh, I know who you are. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, the toe. Why did it, you know, Doyle keep it on him? 
thought they the were going to reattach it, but nope. Well, Lugo said no. Also, <laughs> this man should be bleeding everywhere. 100%. Everywhere. And if you notice, when they go rob the porn king's house, he has on Gucci loafers. I don't know if you guys ever worn Gucci loafers, but they're not good for your feet. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Maybe they're only meant for four toes. I don't know. I feel like if you lost, wasn't it the big toe? Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't be I feel able like to you walk. Would be, you would lose balance. <laughs> like, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to tumble over. Can't be right. doing no ollies with nine toes. Exactly. <laughs> Where's your skateboard now? Um, but also the dog collar got him caught. And then, of course, the boobs got him caught. Um, I guess the boobs is, eh, it was good. Now, this is something that I thought was trash. And you guys may not even think about this. It's 184 miles from Miami, Florida to Nassau, Bahamas. 184 miles, right? That's 160 nautical miles. Now, I'm no sailor. But wouldn't you think that'd take like a couple hours to get to on a speedboat? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it just, I don't know. They had already knew, Ed Harris and all of them already knew where they were going. You know, where Doyle was, or not Doyle, excuse me, Lugo was going. Why not just get there? And does a helicopter beat a speedboat? At what? Getting raced, <laughs> I, I floated, raced no. in the Saw Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought some of the, the obvious things kind of made me question the movie. I don't like movies that are quote unquote true stories that I question. Hmm. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just it was a little different. Isn't and I, that the point of the story though? That it's so stupid that it, but it a lot of it is real. Yeah. But see, that's why I would rather see this as a Netflix documentary than an actual movie, this especially a two-hour sure, movie. This for sure has, like, Tiger King written on 100%. it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Isn't Netflix making a Tiger King movie? I don't there's know. A, there's a Tiger King movie coming out, yeah. All right. That's all, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all my trash or treasure. I had a hard time deciphering what was your trash and what was your treasure. Exactly. I'm just throwing it out there for okay. you to decide. <laughs> okay. You'll realize it once the, the ticket price comes out. Um, um, so just a random couple of random facts. The ninja story is actually false. Yeah. They didn't dress up as ninjas. Originally, that was their plan, and they were going to do it on Halloween. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Obviously, we know that they failed seven times before yeah. actually doing this. Um, uh, Kershaw actually wasn't their first victim. Yeah. They're the first successful one, I think, is no. that they got. Yeah. They tried to do it to a black guy. It didn't work. Um, and then lastly, the Seven Seas Motel is actually used in Dexter. Yeah. The set? Where Kershaw the set? is no, where Kershaw, Kershaw is staying. staying. Oh. I didn't yeah, read that. It's actually used in Dexter. Huh. To go back and find that. All right. Um, yeah, my trash and treasure, uh, I also felt that the, uh, well, for my trash, I also felt that the movie was uh, way too long. Uh, I found myself pausing constantly to see how much time there was left, and uh, it never seemed to get shorter. You know, like, you know when they talk about limits in math and shit? Like, like the little dot, it's like getting closer and closer but to the never, end. But never will touch but the line. But it never gets to the end. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I can't the believe. Does not exist. I can't believe I remembered limits. I'm an art student. Um, then uh, I, I just kind of feel like the dialogue in this movie was just very uh, juvenile. Like I get what they're trying to do with the jokes, but there's no sort of like sophistication or like finesse to the jokes. I just kind of feel like. 85% of the dialogue is just kind of like thrown out there and we're just going to see what sticks. I, I feel like The Office does a much better job, you know, like kind of throwing out random bits of dialogue, but they hit much harder. And I kind of like, I kind of feel like the delivery in this movie is just like people screaming or being like super intense 
and saying some absurd shit. There are some funny ass lines in this movie, but I, I just kind of feel like the dialogue is just like all over the fucking place. And with that being said, I kind of feel like the characters are all over the place. Like kind of like what you said, Rich, like Anthony Mackie's character and The Rock's character, I just felt like are written very inconsistently or kind of afterthoughts. I feel like Mark Wahlberg's the only character that's even fleshed out to a certain degree and I still have problems with him because I feel like his motivation is super weak. It's like, uh, I believe at one point in the movie he says like, uh, oh, um, I never, all I ever wanted was what everybody else had and not less than what I had. And I'm like, so this leads you to kill one of your clients and take all his money for what reason? Like the American dream and this and that. Cause like I'm looking at this movie and I'm like, in the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, you got out of jail or like you were convicted or found guilty of something or whatever. And then you get hired at a gym and you promise to triple the membership in a matter of months or whatever. And you do it in weeks and you get promoted to senior something. And I'm like, it kind of seems like you're on the right track. You know, you could leverage that and go elsewhere regardless of your criminal record. I'm just kind of like, what is what is the adversity that you're facing? Like, what adversity is this character facing that he doesn't create for himself? And it's just like, at the end of the day, he's just an idiot character that cannot stop what he's doing. And I guess that's fine, but I never feel like this character has any true believable motivation. But that being said, this based on this being based on a real story maybe the real person had no real fucking motivation either and just wanted to do it, you know, for fuck's sake. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other thing too is just like, I kind of feel like this movie, this movie reminds me a lot of Savages. I feel, I feel like this movie thinks that it is something that it is not. It's trying to be like a Coen Brothers, Steven Soderbergh, Tarantino, you know, type movie where, you know, you have a bunch of misfits doing you know illegal shit and having like some sort of elaborate plot but like this movie is not as smart or as comedic or as well crafted as it thinks it is like this movie reminds me a lot of savages but at least i can say um unlike savages this movie knows exactly what it's trying to be with savages i felt like it was trying to be an mtv movie and trying to be a tarantino movie and trying to be like a, a deep crime film where this movie it is absurd it is as absurd as the real story that it is based on and the filmmakers embrace the absurdity like yeah, I, I don't care for the dialogue, but the dialogue is absurd. I don't care for the performances, but the performances are absurd and all over the place. I don't care for the excess in, uh, you know, they're, they got the women, they got the bayisms, like, like bayisms in general, the giant American flags behind people, cops shooting up fucking restaurants and shit, like Mark Wahlberg screaming every five seconds, like, like that absurdity is is part of the movie and they embrace that shit it all kind of works together despite how much i dislike it so at least i can appreciate that and they know what the fuck kind of movie they're making um like the first 15 20 minutes of this movie i'm sitting there and i'm just like yo what the fuck is going on and it is not until that they kidnap um kershaw, kershaw that i'm like okay now the movie has finally started because like there's just so much lead up with just nothing being built upon and I'm just like, you could easily cut out the first like 15 or 20 minutes of this movie and just narrate something. And then speaking of that, too much narration all over the place. I think do do one bit of narration when we introduce a character and that's it. That's their introduction. But to, to switch up the narration as we go on and on and on and on throughout the movie, I'm just kind of like, come on, like that is too much. It's distracting. And 
you know, I, I get the style that you're going for, but at some point you gotta just keep with the, like let the movie tell itself. And I feel like while I appreciate that the fact that they know what kind of movie they're making and they're, embrace, they're embracing like the absurdity and this, like the stupidity of this story and the characters, I feel like they're using that to such a degree that they're trying to overcompensate for the lack of real story here. Like this movie could have been 90 minutes. This movie easily could have been 90 minutes and it's just and it's just like self-indulgent like bayisms and all this other bullshit. But I mean that's that's most of what my my trash is. Uh, my treasure uh you know we were watching this yesterday or this morning and we're watching uh, Mark Wahlberg talk to Kershaw and my girl is just like, "Yo, his Spanish accent is pretty good." <laughs> like and I was just like, "Yeah, like I, I'm actually shocked. It's actually pretty good." Um and then uh when Daniel Lugo tells uh the dude at uh the fitness center or whatever the sun gym he's just like oh just star 69 and we'll find out where he's calling from smartest thing he did in the whole movie i was i was just like that's that's pretty smart um and then i think uh one of my my last treasures like frank uh griga he kind of nails my perception of these characters right on the head and you know and and, you're just dumb yeah Yeah. and and in turn the movie recognizes how stupid these people are which is a smart thing because if this movie tried to play them off as sophisticated it'd be failing miserably like he says like i don't think you guys know as much about business as you think i'm not saying you're an idiot but you're you're a fucking amateur and that's kind of how i felt about these guys the entire movie and i'm glad that the movie recognizes it uh recognizes it itself so the movie is very much self-aware and aware of the the ridiculousness of this you know true story that it's based on but that's that's my trash and treasure tj what's your trash and treasure i don't have a ton because i just watched the movie three hours ago um but i will start off with my trash um there were a few things in the movie that i was just like that's not really necessary the first thing was like all the slow motion stuff which a couple of you guys have mentioned um I just didn't think it was necessary. There's also a few times where, like when they're kidnapping the guy and he gets tased um, in the head and then he's like spitting and that's all in slow motion and it's like, for what? And who has that much spit in their mouth? And it drags out kind of long, huh? Yeah, it's a long time. And it's in slow motion. Yeah. And then there's another time after the weight fell on that guy's head. I don't know if there's a lot of blood on the floor, but then there's also like a squirt of blood that comes out of it. I don't know if you guys caught that. It was like real quick. I was like, why? Why is there something back there pumping blood, like squirting like that? It's just gross. Again, some of you guys mentioned it. It felt, it did feel long to me. And like, as the story is progressing, you're like, how much more shit, like how much deeper can they dig this hole? And it just felt like it went on and on. And then it just ended like before I knew it, then it was just over. So I thought it, it dragged on for a little bit, but it was still funny. I can't believe that they keep finding stupid people. Like they find someone to sign, like be their notary without questioning anything and obviously illegally notarizing very important documents. Um, And then there was someone else who they found who was like fucking stupid. And I'm like, how do they just keep recruiting stupid people? I I don't know, that was was dumb for me. Um, I also felt personally attacked in the very beginning of the movie where he's like looking at like a heavier person, like trying to lose weight or on the treadmill or doing something and he's like giving his monologue about fitness and he says i have no sympathy for people who squander their gifts it's sickening it's unpatriotic and i was like oh my god is he talking to me (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah uh as far as uh treasure is concerned i i thought the actors did a good job in their roles um i think it's interesting because both mark Wahlberg and the rock when they're in their element they're normally like action heroes but also like very intelligent dudes most of the time um 
like solving like huge world problems or whatever, or saving the world. And I thought it was funny to see them as like bumbling idiots. I also like uh, when, I don't know, the guy, the guy that gets kidnapped, what's his name? Kershaw. 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 Uh, when he's in his like sandwich store and he goes, fucking pimple and blimpy over here. <laughs> Talking so to his employees. It's so fucked up. Is that what you like do for coffee bean? No. Um, He's like, take just one piece of the strami out of your mouth and put it in a sandwich. <laughs> you ever thought of that? And I'm just like, oh my God. He's so funny. Um, and then I also like, you're you're either a doer or a donter. I like that line too. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, overall, I thought the movie did what it was supposed to do. What they set out to do. So that's it. That's all I got. Cool. And, uh, it's going to be some bad ticket prices. <laughs> I can already tell. Mugga, what about you? I'll start with trash. Um, they, I did research. I kind of didn't talk about it, but um, Lugo got into a lot of trouble prior to this. I think it was like some insurance scam. He kind of grazed over it. That kind of goes into part of the big story. They didn't bring that up at all, so I kind of thought that was a, a, a trash. Um, the Rock, when you see his character, his fight in jail, uh, did you guys watch it? There was like three phantom punches in there they could easily see. So watch if you ever, if you guys want to watch this again. I don't think it's going to happen. But there's like three punches where they're not even landed. I did read. I have to go back and watch it. Um, Kurt Angle is one of the uh, guys in that actual fight scene. Yeah, he's oh, definitely no way. made a cameo. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it. Um, he he uh, choked the rock. Yeah, but anyways, getting into the Bayisms, it, it just every character had the upward shot angle and just going around. Yeah, and in slow motion, and I'm just like, I seen it in Nick Cage and The Rock and all that, and I'm just like. Every single one, I'm like, come on, man, you got to do something different, dude. He just went to his old formula and just let it go, yeah. And also, like, take a shot every time somebody gets out of a car. Yeah, it's like a low angle yeah. shot, yeah. and they they like they get out of the car and they're just looking up. Like, do yeah. you ever get out of your car no. and just look up at the fucking sky? Like, no, no I get out of my car <laughs> and I look at the handle and, look at the ground and I push that shit in. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, uh, the, a treasure of mine is the stripper's physique. She's she's gorgeous. Um, whatever I forget her name is Serena, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, what's the point? Now she does get into the U.S. smuggling. What's the point of her being on that side of the cliff and having the whole Mission Impossible two setting slash shot? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like, I was like, why are we doing this? Like she like has a brief like her not a briefcase. She has her luggage, her luggage. and yeah. on the side of this, and I'm like, is Tom Cruise gonna like come up? Right. And, I mean, was this I Mission it, Possible? I, I kind of took it as like. She's like she got lost. Like she's she's dopey. But yeah, why go to stupid. that point? Like, like she just doesn't know where she's going, and then she ends up on a fucking top of a mountain. And she's like, well, shit. Now I gotta go back down this mountain. Like that's how I thought. Yeah, it. she's a fucking dope. No, she's a dope. trash. Yeah. Like it's just okay. too, um, the chase scene with the rock. I didn't like it. I, I thought it was pointless to the story, the movie. It just kind of dragged on the thing. Um, I I did like when. Bay puts in there, this is still a true story, but there's a part where he's doing cocaine and they put in the cocaine title um, explaining the side effects. I, I I mean, I feel like everyone that's watching this movie, it's a rated R, right? Knows what cocaine does and the side effect. There's no need to do that. Like, I don't know why that's on there. Um, educating the youth of America. There you go. <laughs> and uh, if you watch closely, my wife actually pointed this out and then I couldn't stop like seeing it. Uh, he's doing the yard work for the church, right? Mm-hmm. The rock and the white overalls, and he gets a glass of iced tea with a lime on it. As he hands him the iced tea, the lime falls. The next shot, the lime's like right there. And I'm like, you guys couldn't see this? Like, you couldn't see this, man. Like, I don't know. Like, you, but, seem, uh, you seem pretty sour. But, uh, but yeah, and some other things that I, I, I don't like with the stuff that you guys are talking about. But getting in the treasures, I think the physiques are great. Uh, the rock especially, like, that was pretty badass. 
I laughed out loud on their first attempt to try to get Victor um, when they dressed up and they're in the Gangster's Paradise song going mm-hmm. on and they just fail miserably. Like, He's got a party going on and they're just singing this song. I like laughing hysterically. Uh, they finally capture Victor and Mark Wahlberg does his fake voiceover. I'm laughing like his what? His godfather like 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 Italian accent. It's just like, dude, you're an idiot. I just laughed. I think it was, it was awesome. Uh, when The Rock does knock out the priest, he has that quote, God has given me many gifts and one is knocking the people the fuck out. I just, <laughs> yeah. I fucking laughed. Dude, I thought that was great. Um, he's a dick. It's not real, but Kershaw's character, I kind of liked him. I thought it was like, I don't know, like his whole line of like, you know, maybe you should eat salad. And he says, well, poor people made salads or eat salads, whatever it said. I just like, you fucking dick, dude. I just love it. Curran, what you're saying, no one knows what Star 69 is. And I love that. Star 69, I'm like, you give that to a teenager. Like, what the fuck is that? I, I thought that was a great little throwback. Uh, Rich, what you're talking about, the circle scene, you know, uh, 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 where it gives you anxiety and you're just like, these guys are idiots. What the hell's going on? Right. Here's my ultimate treasure of this movie. And it's, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Uh, the Rock's character, Paul Doyle, runs over Victor, right? Thinking like he just killed him. And the he's supposed to not be bright from what I'm getting out of Adrian and Lugo's character. They're kind of like, dude, you killed the guy. And he's like, no, we killed the guy. And they were like, no, you killed the guy. They kind of put on him like assholes, yeah. right? right? When in reality, he did not kill Victor. He really didn't, you know what I mean? He lived where Lugo kills the guy with the weights and the other guy, Adrian, oh, yeah. kills the guy, kills the girl with the horse tranquilizer. So it's almost like the universe balances itself out. We're like, no, no, you guys killed people. He didn't. And therefore, he kind of was at peace. I don't know. I kind of thought that was a good way to, like, spin it, you know, because that was kind of an asshole move. Like, he finished the job for him or what he thought. But they're like, well, you killed him. We didn't kill him. That was on you, you know. And in reality, he didn't kill anyone. And then he ends up testifying. And yeah, so well, I kind of think I about it, he's like the one that, that actually dude. took a deal, too. And yeah, spins, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So, so it's like, so I, he did, I kinda, like, seven years? I kind of, yeah. No, I thought it was 15. He got sentenced to 15, but he did seven. So so I kind of like that little balancing that they did on that story, but but yeah, that's my trash and treasure. All right. Um, Let's get into ticket prices. This is going to go fast. (laughs) Let's do it. Jason, how much are you paying to watch Pain and Gain? I want to go 10. Okay. I think uh, I was entertained. I've watched this a few times, like I said in the beginning. I know you guys talk a lot of shit on this movie, obviously. I mean, I had shit about it as well, but I was entertained. I think the cast is great. Um, I think TJ, you were saying it, or someone was saying about just the different kind of characters they played in this movie, uh, as opposed to some of their other like heroic action films that they do. I think it was like good to see them in this light. It's goofy. Um, it, it makes you laugh. Uh, it's kind of brutal in some points, but it's like that dark comedy, like you were saying, but um, I, I don't know. I, I felt entertained the whole time. I, I, I think it's a solid 10. All right, Rich, how much are you paying? Well, I'm just get right down to it. <laughs> I ain't paying for shit. This is zero. Oh, no. I ain't gonna lie. You guys, Hulu and Amazon, listen, I found this on moviestowatch.tv. Watched it for free, and I want my two hours back. <laughs> this is mad bad. All right. Um, this is tough. Because like that first twenty minutes was like fucking rough, but like after you had, like two more hours after that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <true>. exactly, <laughs> bro. I I still feel like I'm watching it, um, like, but like as as the movie went on and after they they actually kidnapped 
uh, Kershaw and like I you know I became fully aware of like this movie being aware about itself and how stupid it is I I appreciated it slightly more will I ever watch this movie again probably not I, I probably will never choose to watch this movie ever again it's too damn long you don't, been. you don't think us at a hanging out drinking something in the background we if, put it on if it's on in the background you know fine whatever yeah, but okay. like I, I will never see it if it comes back on Netflix or something like that and be like, oh my God, Pain and Gain is on. It's not yeah. something that I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I put this like in the category of savages, but I will say that because this movie is aware of what, what it, it is. is, what it is, I will give it like a very, very, very low five. So $5. Yeah. And but you spent spent eight dollars man i hey if you want to watch it again i got 48 hours left on both rentals i got i got apple tv i got amazon hours that's enough to watch the movie like three more times i think <laughs> three more times <laughs> exactly uh tj what are you paying all right so i pretty much immediately like when the movie finished like knew what my score was going to be like you guys have talked about um this movie knows what it is it was definitely something that i was not expecting because i saw the rock and mark Wahlberg on the poster and so i was expecting something totally different. So I was actually entertained and pleasantly surprised. So I'm giving this movie $10. And uh, mugs. So I, I was in the middle of five and 10 and I want to bring up the Wolf of Wall Street, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I hated it more than ever. Like I, when I first watched it, I thought it was going to be a casino, Goodfellas, departed type Martin Scorsese film. And it wasn't. And when I appreciate it for what it is, it's gotten better with age. Um, this movie kind of, it's not a 20, I'm not comparing that, but I, I really did not like it at all um, at first. And as I've watched it more, so I, I challenge you guys, just try to watch it one more time. Kerwin, you have, what, eight hours still? Just watch it one more time. No, I no, think see. it gets better when you like, all right, take the gloves off and let's just watch this. It's actually entertaining. I'm going to give it a low 10, but I'm going to give it a 10 as well. I, I think that if you watch it and it is what it is, it will you will appreciate it and enjoy it a lot more. Like I, I mean, it's not a serious movie. Like I, I think I think it's because like I decided to press play at twelve thirty a.m. Yeah, and then I had to wake up and watch it at six a.m. That yeah. that might have something to do with it. But I'm I'm being extremely generous here. Yeah, no, I know. And I just I, yeah. I, I challenge you guys, you and Rich, try it just one more time. No, just okay. Listen, just when I when I first that. saw it, I saw it for free. I saw it last night, this morning, again, for free. Still, huh? I just... Uh, I mean, to me, it should have been a Netflix documentary. That's all. Yeah. I'm talking about today's day and age. Like right. like, uh, like, um, like Bad Sport. You know what I'm saying? 100%. It should have been like Bad Sport or a 30 for 30 type yeah. thing. But that's know? what I'm saying. Like the, the series Heist. Yeah. If you guys look at that series, mm -hmm. like they're only but like an hour, hour 15 maybe. But it goes over the whole yeah. scenario of what happened. Maybe get broken up into two, you know, episodes. But I don't know. I just don't don't see it as a. I see why it wasn't a big blockbuster hit. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. But was it a Hollywood video hit? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right, what, what was the other one? Warehouse. Where? Yeah. Oh, was a warehouse, warehouse. Warehouse. warehouse movie. Yeah. Get All right. it, warehouse. Huh? Mugga seven dollars. Seven dollars. Seven dollars for pain and gain. It's not too bad. It's. I mean, I think that's what it's kind of run the critics, right? Yeah, it just makes me sad because 
We did okay. we, we did Twilight. We were paying six twenty five to watch Twilight. Oh, it's no. almost we're putting this on the level of fucking Twilight right now. Can I be honest with you? I'd rather watch Twilight. I don't give a fuck. Really? <laughs> Damn. You're rather, lying. I, I would rather yeah, watch you're Twilight. Lying. No, because this movie is too fucking long. I'm sorry. I, I like, don't think so. I'd rather like, watch. I Twilight. think it goes by pretty quick. I'm man. on BS on that. Nah, we gotta shit. put it on tonight because we do have a party coming up. No, we gotta put it on tonight. <laughs> Wait, you want the party to end early or what? Damn. Want it to be painful. That's more pain than gain. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Um, but would this movie gain a higher dollar amount if Tom Cruise was in it? Yes. Uh, who's he being? Uh, who's it's got to be Victor Kershaw. Tom Cruise? Yeah. I was if thinking, he's the villain, I, I think he'd be great. He'd be Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. yeah he could he, be on, honestly, he could be any one of these motherfuckers. He could be one of the three main characters. He could be... No, Tom, the Tom Cruise is not that stupid. He could be any of them. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Sun Gym owner, the notary guy. Yeah, I think yeah. he could have been nice. That's a solid, yeah. Yeah. He could have been the girl on the top of the mountain. I mean, the, yeah, the he could have been, yeah. Then yeah. the helicopter shows yeah. up and like shoots a rocket launcher and it has like sunglasses in it and he's just like, <laughs> here's your mission. <laughs> and he throws it towards the camera. And then Mission Impossible 2 starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, anybody else? Any Anything? No? All right. Uh, yeah, $7 for Pain and Gain. Um, and in the words of Tom Cruise. Be a doer, not a donter. There we go. <laughs> That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.